Eternal Dirtles is a podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and supporters like you. Come to our Patreon at patreon.com slash eternaldirtles and support us. Thanks. Many changes. Sign up for the tourney and ask my team. Is legacy really just a dying scene? London Mulligan making grizzled brand OP. Mold to oblivion from a hate piece. Still, I'm getting wrecked by what Khan creates. Lattice locked like a chump who tried to innovate. New Teferi says instant speeds no go. Narset cast brainstorm hell no. Modern horizons added to the mix. Given all the bad rug decks, Renin 6. Cascade retrace, your Strix is dead. Dread Horde Arcanist is good, Nate said. Yog Moth's a dope fast ramp position. Put Nick Fit right back in position. To lose two lions, I diamond Eon's echo. Shuffle up, draw tendrils, oh hello. This isn't how it's supposed to be. Legacy with all these changes simultaneously. I'd love to go back to how we played as kids. But formats change, and that's the way it is. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, Nathan Golia. Nate, how's it going, man? Well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I'm going to start quickly here, just talking a little bit about what's happened this week, personally. And, uh, you know, I'm going to time myself here and tell you how far to. Yeah, man, get into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, on Monday morning... Uh, my wife and kids were driving back from the airport to our house and it was late. It was one o'clock in the morning. It was Monday. Uh, by this point it was like Sunday to Monday. I was in New York because I had to go to a meeting. Um, and suddenly, uh, she was shot through the side of the car. Um, so a bullet entered the front passenger side door and then lodged in her leg. Um, she hit the uh, um, roadside assistance button in the car, was able to connect with emergency services. Um, the kids were okay. They were unharmed, though it was you know pretty dicey there for a while um, while they were kind of figuring it out from what I could hear because she texted me and I woke up and called her and she told me what happened. Um but uh, she was taken to the hospital. Kids were taken home by my mother-in-law, who was in town. Um, she uh, had surgery that morning uh, to repair a broken femur. Um, so she'll be off her feet for quite a while. Um, and we're just kind of, you know, we're, we're working with the police. We're working with insurance companies. We're working with doctors and all sorts of stuff. So it's been a pretty pretty uh, wild ride the past uh, couple days. And I know I, I, I wrote a little bit about it on Twitter and thank you to everybody uh, who, who listens to the podcast and reached out um, and, uh, and everything, uh, you know, it's just been a, just been a really crazy week here and, you know, we're still really processing what's happened, but that's, uh, that's where I was last week uh, when you had Gordon on. Um, and the week before that, of course, I was actually on vacation. So we were actually on vacation. And, you know, I decided to stay on the East Coast for the extra day and didn't even really make it that long. I uh, was obviously I moved my flight up and got home as soon as I could. So 
the long and short of it is that, um, you know, personally, that's a tough time over here. But, uh, you know, we're trying to just you know keep it going and uh, deal with it as best as we can here. So that's, so that's that's my quick story. That's insane, man. Yeah. And like I know, you know, and Zach obviously knew yeah. I texted him at Phil that day and said, hey, it's, this is happening. Um, but, um, you know, it's uh, I'm not going to spend much more time on it now that we might have a, a more in-depth discussion on the podcast in the future because it's just been so fascinating to me, like the uh, what's happened so far and what's going to happen over the next few months is probably going to make it even, uh, you know, it's just the most bizarre thing that's ever happened. So. Um, but, yeah, um, so that was Zach, let's say two and a half minutes. And uh, so if you're just joining us here, let's talk about legacy. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about legacy. We can we can lighten it up a little bit from from there, I suppose. Yeah, and it's interesting because like, you know, I had a lot of downtime in the couple days in like the day before, um, you know, the incident. We were just kind of sitting around waiting for the airplane to take off the whole day. Yeah. Uh, we both took flights that left at eight o'clock p.m. I was going to New York and she was going to to Texas. Um, and we were going from Boston. So I'm like on the plane, I'm reading about decks and stuff that's going on and thinking about what I want to play next. Then there was a bit of a, you know, you know, sort of break there, um, while I definitely was not able to do anything really. And then, uh, you know, as the dust settled, but we were all still sort of inside, I was able to actually play league, uh, last night with, uh, the Hogak depths deck and, uh, I don't know. Have you seen this deck, Zach? I have not seen this deck. So Ogak Dex. Depths. 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 And I'm not really quite sure who started it. I think it was uh, DN Solver on Magic Online, whose real name is escaping me at the moment. But it was really cool, and I actually just really wanted to try these cards. And I, I and I just like, you know what, I'm gonna, I want to try all these cards, so I'm going to try this list because it has all the cards in it. It had um, Elvish Reclaimer, which we reviewed from the uh, M20 set, right? That's yeah. the one-mana elf that can get uh, pumped up if there's lands in your graveyard. Okay. Um, and also can search for lands. Uh, it's got four Stitcher Supplier, four Hogax, and three um, uh, Seder Wayfinder, which is a mulch on a stick. Okay. Where you reveal a top four, then you pluck a land, and then you put the rest in your graveyard. So you really kind of see how this works. Like, you can get... Seder Wayfinder, I think, is actually really interesting for this deck because... You can put like the Dark Depths combo in your hand and put the graveyard stuff in your graveyard, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of cool. Um, and it also convokes uh, Hogak. Uh, and then it's got four Vampire Hex Mage, uh, a suite of uh, Black Discard spells, four Crop Rotations, uh, four Mox Diamonds, or three, three or four Mox Diamonds, and then like a ton of lands. So um, it's got eight, the eight pieces of Dark Depths combo with Depths and Stage. Uh, and then, like, some black and green lands, and then Sajiri Step. We've got a Bojuka Bog. And then three Colony Garden. You know what that does? No. What does Colony That's Garden the, do? So Colony Garden from the same cycle as uh, as Bojuka Bog and Sajiri Step makes a 0-1 green plant uh, token plant. when it comes into play. Yeah. So you get the plant, and the plant can convoke her Hogak. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Pretty cool, huh? That's why there's three of those. Um, and there's like a wasteland and a Caracas and stuff too, just like general utility lands go to crop rotations and your elvish uh, 
reclaimer. Um, so that's pretty cool. And I immediately like two owed my first match, which was like blue white stone blade. Um, just like, just, um, kind of just, just, I don't know. I don't really, I can't, I can't kind of can't believe I did. I, I thought I was playing as miracles. So I figured they had a number of ways to deal with depths and Hogak, but, uh, they played, they played a stone forge mystic and I was like, Oh, okay. I probably could just win here. Yeah. Um, with, with like enough discard to just like back up the, uh, the gigantic creature I was going to make. Um, and then I played the depths mirror twice in a row and I'm just, I, I was probably out of practice and like a little distracted because boy, did I just boot the depths mirror like terribly. <laughs> like I knew they had a thespian stage at hand and I put my dark depths into play, you know, mm-hmm. uh, they had a ghost quarter in play and I played my Caracas like just just so dumb <laughs> uh just uh so i really booted those and then i played against a deck that had oh I, but i do want to say that in one of the depths mirrors i put it was turn one and i had like a mox diamond so i played a i'm on the play with a satyr wayfinder i played a satyr wayfinder revealed the top four cards including a wasteland mm-hmm. and i was actually tanking for a minute because i think i had like um i had like a decent um like pressure hand with like uh an elvish reclaimer or something um and i was debating whether or not i wanted to get the combo going so that i probably got revealed like wasteland and then dark depths thespian stage something else and i was like debating what to take my opponent just conceded no i was like oh maybe they're just on like like delver you know yeah and then it turned out it was the like mirror because they played a they played a uh, Seder Wayfinder on their first <laughs> yeah, turn do it. or something like that. And I just booted the, the other two games. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's why it's good. Sometimes it's good to concede uh, early because I definitely boarded like it was Delver and, uh, you know, did not, did not succeed. <laughs> yeah. I um, mean, I have a million stories of, of scooping and then like going into the next game and my opponent playing a completely different game against me. Yeah, exactly. So, so that happened. So that's uh, so I was one and two, and then the the when I went to the fourth round, uh, that was an opponent playing um, a deck with Blood Sun and Lotus Field. So obviously you don't have to sacrifice lands for the Lotus Field. Um, I won the first game, I thought pretty easily, um, but in the second game, they did do like City of Traitors, Exile Spirit Guide, Blood Sun. I said, okay, obviously. I yeah. thought seized away a sneak attack. And then they just played a Lotus Field, and I realized what was what was about to happen to me. Like, they played the Lotus Field. There was no City of Traders or Lotus Field trigger. <laughs> no. Nope. And, uh, and then they played Seething Song into Inferno Titan. <laughs> so, uh, Jesus. And the, the thing that's funny is, like, they, they clearly top-decked the Inferno Titan because uh, I thought seized them, and I had was debating whether or not to take Seething Song or um, or Sneak Attack, and I took Sneak Attack, and I don't think it would have really mattered, because uh, they definitely would have had enough money, or enough money, enough mana to uh, activate Sneak Attack and drop the uh, Inferno Titan into play and, you know, do some serious damage if I had taken Seething Song. Yeah. Or they could have just waited a turn and played the Inferno Titan out. So, yeah. <laughs> 
But yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, but I thought those were pretty cool deck, and then I lost the second game. I did absorb an Emrakul attack, thanks to Calmly Garden, because <laughs> that was two permanents in one, times two. I had two Calmly Gardens. They attacked, and I went to five, but then they still had a sneak attack in play, and I couldn't beat them with the uh, Elmish Reclaimer in time. Yeah. Um, and of course, you boarded. I boarded out all the uh, all the land combo because they had four Blood Sun, and that's clearly yeah. what they're going for. So that's, I thought I could yeah. kind of, I basically just like trying to make sure they couldn't like stick a Blood Sun, but I didn't really care too much to have Darkdrafts in play. I just wanted to like win with my creatures. Um, mm. And then in the last round, I lost to Four Color Loam. So I started out thinking like the deck's pretty absurd. Like the first the first like three games I played. Um, it felt really powerful. I think it is. I just didn't play it optimally. But uh, have you? What's your feeling then on this? On like a Hogak depth deck in Legacy? That I sort of heard how it works a little bit. I hate Hogak, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's the the card the cards just uh, so after playing like in Vintage and seeing what it can do in in Vintage, I just I have no patience for that card. It's, yeah, it's 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 the m- most obnoxious like design space I've ever seen put onto a Magic card, uh, where that's it, it, it's so obviously like made to to be like oh find a deck that specifically can only play like the only way that this deck can can be played is is broken like no one's going to yeah. get Hogak fairly and and be like okay cool I've got an eight eight on board like it's always going to be in the most unfair like weird possible way deck that you have trouble interacting with in nor- in a normal game of magic. So, I don't know. I think I think it's it is interesting design space, but I don't necessarily always agree with interesting design space. Um yeah. I think that like first of all, I I whiffed on it so bad we did our set review. I didn't I didn't see it. I didn't think that it was big enough payoff. Yeah, I I think I think we had talked about it like me you and Phil had talked about it and, and we were all just like pass. More like because if you're if you've got like your graveyard, I think I think I felt if your graveyard shenanigans deck has a stocked graveyard and two creatures in play, you don't need this to win. Yeah, yeah, you're probably it winning. Out, it turns out but you could win on that turn. <laughs> right, I guess you that's know. the difference. And like you know, there are so many cards I haven't even seen, like things like anger or something like yeah. that. That's you know just drop just delve that anger into your graveyard and, and get your hogak out. I'll tell you, or watching dr- dredge uh, it and then delve it. Watching it be played in Vintage, where they're like, okay, cool, I'll play Bazaar of Baghdad, get like three guys and, you know, th- three things in my yard, one of them's Hobat, Hogak, and the others are, are like this, and a Dredger, and, you know, uh, what's called a, uh, one, like, Bridge from Below, and then the next turn, it's like, okay, I'll Dredge, cool, I got a second Bridge from Below, and then they, like, get Hogak out with a bunch of guys, they, like, cast Hogak with Hogak, get a bunch more stuff it's just like it's so obnoxious yeah that's the the thing that the thing that's so obnoxious about that is that it's it's legendary so you can just like the my opponent just was able to continue cycling hogax to create like a vast amount of zombies so it wasn't just eight eights it was also like a bunch of tutus on top of it and it was i was just like whoa and that is why i played like yixla jailers in my rug deck on uh i was just like this is that was a good call by the way Unfortunately, I didn't play any uh, any uh, dredge decks the entire day, but uh, I was. But you like, watched them happen. Yeah, I, I was just a, uh, over it. I, I absolutely did not want to lose to dredge, and for what it's worth, I did not lose to dredge once. <laughs> yeah, I think that, you know. Yeah, I definitely did not. 
I did not consider that. And I, you know, when we, when we reviewed it, I kind of was like, okay, well, you know, you're doing pretty well. If you've got some creatures out, you probably don't want to dump all the other goodies in your graveyard. Um, but yeah, I mean, Bertram below is not a fair card. It, look, it doesn't no. look like if you look at the, the pro tour or whatever it's called today, and it's still Hogak is still the most popular thing going on. Yep. So cool. Great. Modern's a <laughs> great modern format. Ways. It's very fun. A lot of different stuff is happening. Everyone's I mean, comboing so off on turn two. There's so much going on right now <laughs> that it's just like, you know, I I, I, I know I had a, a minor rant about running six, and that was more about like just not wanting to have a discussion about whether or not a four color deck is good or bad or whatever. Like I was just, I was so over that, like uh, that argument from years of it with death, right? I didn't want to have it again with running six. And yeah. I was like, oh, I gotta, now we gotta talk about this again. But it does seem that the, uh, that the, uh, well, what are we looking for here? The cavalry is coming in. Oh yeah. If you look at some of the more recent results, you see that uh, motto red moon decks are coming back. Yeah, your favorite definitely, kind of decks, definitely seems that way. Yeah, man. I uh, again, as far as design space that I hate. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean the the moon chalice stompy decks. Yeah, I mean it's it's a natural response to, uh, you know the run in six field, right? Like if your opponents are playing, uh, you know the greediest possible deck, play the deck that punishes that the most, right? Yep. Uh, we got first place SCG Legacy Classic Pittsburgh. With uh, four Karn the Great Creator, four Abraid main deck, two Sorcerer Spyglass main deck, too. Um, and let's see, there were a couple other top finishes for it recently. Um, there were a couple in the Legacy Challenge on the 7th. I thought I had seen a couple more. Um, maybe not. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, maybe, that's, maybe that's your sort of rescue here, right? Yeah, I mean, it's the one thing, you know, in a field, I was I was talking to a, uh, somebody last week about, like, in a field full of decks with Ren and Six, the Wasteland Ren and Six deck is still good, right? Like, if you're playing Rug Delver, and yeah. your opponent has access to all his lands, he can still only play one land a turn. So if you get to Wasteland your opponent every turn, keeping them at turn two, they're still stuck at turn two for the rest of the game. Yeah, you know, so it's it, that's okay. But when you do something that's that uh, invalidates that completely, like playing a Blood Moon, like <laughs> what do you do? Like, there's nothing that your opponent can do if they can't cast any spells, right? Uh, yeah. Just quick note: uh, it was it was it was it did finish in fourth place at the SCG Philly Classic as well. Uh, that build had three Megas of the Moon, which was more than the one that was in the other deck I mentioned. And had a Skarn Scion of Urza. I'm trying to see what they cut. Looks like they cut the Sorceress Spyglasses that were in the uh, main deck of the... And the uh, no, they do have four braids. So they cut the Sorceress Spyglasses. Okay. And went up on Magus and Karn Scion of Urza. I think that's a so. smart choice. Going up on Magus uh, and just making it like, what, like 8 Moon? You gotta, yeah, you're going to sort of guarantee yourself. I'm gonna, i got to go see how many Magus of the Moons I own. <laughs> Um, well, I think it's interesting because it really does, it's really going to test your ability to, in the Red and Six decks, play the card Force of Vigor, right? The, well, there's that. Or, um, you know, for me, like, I just, in the mail today, picked up a Mox Diamond. Oh, yeah. Well, there you so, go. So you put playing, that in Delver deck? Uh, I don't know <laughs> if I'll put it in Delver, but I definitely want to continue playing Red and Six, right? And so yeah. being able to play 
Mox Diamond, Arkham's Astrolabe. You know, those are things that um, are really great against Renin 6. It's fine, right? But it's yep. also really good against the Blood Moon. Yeah. And I think that's interesting, too, because, like, Astrolabe just pushes you to play basic lands. Prismatic Vista pushes you to play basic lands. Yep. As long as it doesn't. Now, th- these decks, these Blood Moon decks are going to power it out, too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. of course. Yeah. There, there will be times when you get Blood Mooned out still, but at least you have, like, Mox Diamond as an out. You know, yeah. like just a boop. I've got Mox Diamond, and uh, for for what it's worth, if you open with a um, uh, basic like a Snow Basic and an Astrolabe, it, what does it even matter? Like yeah. the Blood <laughs> right. Moon, the Blood Moon plan is over. I feel like if you're playing against a Blood Moon deck, and they see that in game one, they probably side out their Blood Moons and side in other stuff, right? Well, they do have Fiery Confluence and a lot of main deck of Braids too, so yeah. like there that that might be why they're doing that for. You know, to be fair, you know, yeah. they could just be doing that for that reason. Um, also appeared, it's double six in one lists in the Legacy Challenge on the 21st of July. Um, four Blood Moon, two Megas of the Moon with the Goblin Rabble Master, a Legion War Boss mm-hmm. uh, arrangement. So, we've seen that one before. That was Yama Killer. And then Slade for the win. Oh, come on, deck. Sorry, it's not loading now that I said this. <laughs> Um, he also, or this player also, was six and one with um, with uh, mono red prison. There we go, got it. Yeah. And also with the goblin build. So we'll see. We'll still see the goblins out there. I like these decks are playing a liquid metal coating. Liquid metal coating. I as think well. that's really so. I, I've had I had that done to me as well on uh, uh, over the weekend uh, last weekend uh, with against the Karn decks because they can just turn your land into a. Uh, artifact and then be like now it's a creature equal to its casting cost and it dies right yeah or it's basically a rashad for it too yeah you know he didn't have keep so uh that's a pretty cool thing i i yeah i wanted to, they also have deck yeah in that vintage deck i did that in vintage i might have also tried it in legacy i can't remember it was a while ago um but yeah we're seeing a lot of those decks we're seeing um some more of the uh basic heavy decks as well i think so I think the adjustments, the adjustments are happening. Um. Yeah, I don't expect uh, Renin Six decks to be clearly the best, the best deck in the format. I expect them to be very, very good, and maybe the best deck in the format, but not clearly. You know, like I, I think that uh, it, it's it's refreshing that we can play green again. You know. Yeah, I actually really like that. <laughs> it, to be honest, it's nice to play your Tarmogoyfs. You know. Yeah, like Tarmogoyfs gonna... seeing play again. It's very nice. Like, seriously, like, I had a, in a big box of cards to trade. I was like, these still have some value. I'm going to trade them, you know? Yeah. And then I went through, I'm like, oh, good thing I didn't do that. And I went through and got them out, you know? Yeah, I feel like there's just, I mean, uh, there's been times where, especially in the current meta, where my uh, Tarmogoyf was like a 7-8, you know, because everyone's playing, like, an artifact here or Planeswalker. So you get your classic four instant sorcery land creature. Then you uh, hit a, an artifact, and then you hit, you know you hit a land, uh, you know all of a sudden you have like this gigantic Tarmogoyf, and and you're not seeing as much Fatal Push and Abrupt Decay being played, so it's kind of safe to bring that out. Well, <laughs> it's funny that that's the case too. Like Red and Six, and Red and Six requiring Red is so good that. Like so, you've got like red, and you've got green, and you've got blue, and yes, there are still people playing black, those four color decks. Mm-hmm. But now you see this sort of 
flipped script where black and uh, green are sort of in the switch position because red and six is so powerful that uh, it's it's given you the reason that you needed to try and play green again instead of black. And, you know, I, I still think black is more powerful on, on the whole and it's like almost worth the, the extra pain to splash it, mm-hmm. you know? Because Abrupt Decay is just like the best card against this kind of meta in a way, right? And I've been playing Jund. <laughs> like, I, I tested some Jund in paper before I before I went on vacation. And uh, after I played my Hogak League, I uh, rented all the cards to play my Jund deck, try and start trying it online. Um, just because I want to play a ton of Abrupt Decays. Because it seems really good. And I get to play Run in 6 and Abrupt Decay. The only thing I don't get to do is like, uh, draw well. <laughs> if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, there is there is a drawback to missing like one one or two colors. <laughs> there's yeah. there's small parts that you're missing. Well, I've been playing Faithless Looting and well, the Red and Six effect. I I was like, okay, well, maybe I won't play Dark Confidant. I'll play Dreadhorde Arcanist and Faithless Looting, um, plus all my cheap interaction through Black and Red with you know, a bunch of bolts and stuff. Um, the, the deck I, I didn't I haven't I tried with Punishing Fire in paper and it was it was okay I mean Punishing Fire is great in certain matchups but the games get really grindy when you play Punishing Fire yeah and I thought Dreadhorde Arcanist I'm gonna try Dreadhorde Arcanist build that will just uh, kind of be a little faster I think uh, but you can one thing I liked was that Faithless Looting um, I had Faithless Looting and Dark Confidant in the build I had in paper it was Faithless Looting uh, with Brennan Six um, Punishing Fire I thought was like a nice little synergy. Mm-hmm. And then I played the full set of Ren and Six because I was playing my Tarmogoyfs, and I was like, I'll just discard these extra Ren and Sixes to Faithless Looting and get a Planeswalker in the graveyard, you know? Mm-hmm. Played a couple uh, Sylvan Libraries. I could even have the Enchantment if I wanted to. You know, if I second one can go to the graveyard. Um, but Ren and Six killing your Dark Confidant really hurts. <laughs> Never yeah. really get to get that value. Um so just trying some other draw engines out in Jund. It turns um, out it's also quite good in the Tarmogoyf mirror. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure, because you've just paid the Tarmogoyf, right? I yeah, nobody, nobody in, wants in to block a Tarmogoyf uh, that they know is going to not bounce off of another tar- Tarmogoyf. Yeah. Um, so I think for that deck, I, I put the Jund, the Jund build I have, I have the four Fatal Slootings. I'm not going to, these aren't, you know, really codified lists, but my idea is four Fatal Slootings, couple Sylvan Libraries, and I'm still obsessed with getting this Fist of Flame card to work with Dreadhorde <laughs> Arcanist. So I got two of those. Also, the Fist of Flame with Tarmogoyf is also insane. So, uh, you know, you just get a big, beefy Tarmogoyf that kills the other Tarmogoyf and tramples over a true name. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Uh, but I'm not, all, I'm not all in on the combo part of it. I'm just trying, you know, a couple of them. So that's like eight, eight draw spells. And then uh, I also am testing Dead Guy because I still think Silent Clearing is like a really strong card in that deck. Yeah. Um, and instead of playing Mother of Runes and Dark Confidant, I'm playing Thraben Inspector. Bill's favorite card, too bad he's not yeah. here. That one two. It's a one two. <laughs> it's a one two that draws a card. Um I'm playing Thraben Inspector and Yogmoth. We want to acquire support. From our subscribers, believe when we say you'll win all your die rolls and be on the 
play Patreon It's only one click away Patreon Head on over and donate To Patreon There won't be any misplays Support Eternal Turtles Podcast today um, Oh, to, okay, Yogmoth. Yeah, because Yogmoth is really good yeah, at using, like, a, turning a 1-2 two into two cards, you know, because it'll kill something, possibly draw a card, and you still get your clue. Um, the other card I'm testing in that is, I think it's called Imperious Oligarch. It's a it's white and a black for a 2-1 with Vigilance and has Afterlife 1. Oh, so it creates a yeah. spirit token when it dies. And my feeling there is it's like, it really just kind of like makes me pressure removal pretty heavily with all these cards mm-hmm. that are just two for one, two for one, two for one. And after like getting that afterlife spirit token to pick up like a GTA or something will be really nice. So um, I do think there's some, there's some cards and synergies out there that, you know, might work now. I mean, Yawgmoth is really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you can get a, I, I, I think like, we glossed over it a little bit. I mean, we, I think we thought it was breakable, and it probably still is. Yeah, I remember Phil um, being pretty high on it. Yeah. Um, but, like, just, like, you know, in, like, those grindy value decks where every creature just equals five creatures for some reason, um, you just, like, draw so many cards with it out. So Palace Jailer is also in black-white, so that's really nice, too. Yeah. So you get this, like, insane mana base with, with a bunch of basics and the four duels that draw you a card plus Fetchable Duel, plus Wasteland, plus Caracas. Like, it's, it's an insane mana yeah, base crazy. for a deck like that, too. So, But I'm really, I'm really like, kind of happy to test some stuff. I just kind of hope we don't get sucked down some other road of, like, just complete nonsense. Um, as a format, I think hopefully we'll find the answers we need for the nonsense decks and make a little bit more space for some fun, interactive, grindy decks. Yeah, I think uh, I think like I mean like we said two weeks ago, the format's certainly not solved yet. We've got a lot of time to mess around with stuff. Um, so I I expect you know uh, that as as things go forward, we'll probably find decks what decks become dominant and how to how to attack those decks uh, with with the tools that we currently have. I don't think anything currently feels so busted that like I you know I feel an apathy against playing that deck. I would I would say that a lot of stuff feels really busted when it works, like like I used to feel about like when I first played Bomberman with Karn, you know? Yeah. I was like I never I, it had not been a a feeling I'd really had, where I was just like, you know, I put the, I got the Karn lattice thing to work, and then like all of a sudden I was like, the game's just over, you know? Yeah. And like there are some there are some situations you get in like that with some of these cards like like you mentioned with Hogak, where you're like. What, who let this how you know yeah. whose idea was this um or even run in six where you're like i've got this two mana planeswalker and now i can never lose but you know it's gonna there'll be some adaptations and stuff but uh i think a lot of things feel broken because this, this is a this is a huge power boost just like you never get this many powerful yeah it's cards. like 60 plus cards that have been injected into the set like you know uh realistically you know oh yeah like we keep saying about ashiok or that one Chandra, it's like those three mana planeswalkers would be like the talk of the town in Legacy, except for these other three mana planeswalkers yeah. that also were just in the same sets, or this two mana planeswalker that came out. You know, like you got to go so far down the line. I mean, Ashiok is great, 
You ever seen an Ashiok in play? It's insane. Yeah, I've, like, uh, I, I've, I have now, after playing it in Vintage, watching people play it in Vintage, I was like, wow, okay, that's apparently very good. Yeah, it's really good to just, you know, exile all their restricted cards by accident, you know? Yep. Um, so, so, like, there's just so much going on. I think it's great. Um, why don't you tell everyone where you're going to be next week? I'm going to Gen Con. So, Gen Con for work, but, uh, you know, I'm gonna, there, there'll be time to play as well. So, uh, you know, I'll be hawking, hawking the board game that I work for, but uh, in the interim, and I, I get like four hours a day to kind of mess around, go to different booths and stuff. So uh, I think one of the big things I'll be doing is checking out the Hyper Extended Tournament. Yep. Yeah, so if you're at Gen Con, uh, I know the uh, folks from Atlanta who have been pushing Hyper Extended as uh, one of the various, uh, quote, middle school, unquote, formats are running their tournament there as well. So if you get the chance and, and want to play, it's uh, looks like a, looks like a really fun format um, with, uh, you know, some strict deck construction rules, but like not anything that I don't think the average legacy player couldn't handle. Yeah. Um, and a restricted list, which is fun if you don't get to play vintage a lot or didn't play standard in 1995. <laughs> <laughs> You get to play with the restricted list, which means you get that restricted list swing fun. Do you, but, do you um, know what the original uh, restricted cards were in that format? In standard? In standard. Ooh, let's see how many we can remember. I'm gonna, uh, we'll go back and forth. I know all five. Ba oh, you know, there was no. only five? There were five. Okay. Yep. Okay. Go for it. Ba balance. Ivory Tower. Zuran Orb? Yep. Uh, Black Vice. Him to Torak. Nope. Him no. to Torak Strip was mine. later. Uh, strip mine, nope. You can play four strip mines. We have Balance, Ivory Tower, Black Vice, Zoran Orb. What's the fifth restricted card? Land Tax. Land Tax! Wow. <laughs> oh, because it's too powerful if Vice isn't legal. That's <laughs> a <Yes>. four of. <laughs> there was a lot of talk. Wow. There was a lot of talk about, uh, restricting Felden's cane at the time. Um, yeah, but that. that didn't happen. It's really it funny, actually, if you think about it, because now I think that Felden's cane uh, in, in now's play style would have been a smarter card to play. Cause it's a one mana shuffle your deck card and you could play brainstorm, which people weren't really doing. Yeah. Um, so huh. I think that you could have probably found better way. Like there was no great ways to shuffle your deck back in the day. So Felden's Cane would have been an interesting way to shuffle your deck and brainstorm, um, or brainstorm and shuffle your deck, um, and yeah. get some like small value out of out of uh, doing a brainstorm. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, him got restricted uh, the next big tournament after Necro was like they call it the they called it the Black Summer. Black uh, Summer after yeah. after uh, Necro was like such a overpowered card everyone finally figured out like you should just be playing four of them and, and when you draw you should draw like 15 cards because <laughs> uh, <laughs> well they had ivory tower restricted yep ivory tower was restricted yeah. i'm trying to remember what else was restricted in standard did they ever restrict strip mine maybe they didn't they uh no it. i think they just let it cycle out uh they they, yeah. didn't, they didn't restrict it they restricted uh, him to Torak specifically, I know, because they were just like, okay, enough of this, like, turn one, uh, play Necropotence, draw four cards, turn two, <laughs> him to Torak, uh, you know, writ, writ, him to Torak, him to Torak, you know. Um, yeah. And then I'm up on cards by, like, a zillion. Yeah. Mind Twist got banned. I remember that. 
I think Mind Twister Mind might Twist. have, been, have been restricted uh, shortly after that, but uh... I don't remember if it was ever legal. I think Mind Twist was always banned. I maybe, think Mind yeah, Twist maybe channel right. were the banned cards, right? Yeah, uh, channel was definitely banned. Channel was banned. This has been this has been your old school magic update yeah. brought to you by theepicstorm.com. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, that was, that was Pro Tour 1995. Uh, the, the yeah. finals was, uh, Michael Lacanto with, uh, a blue, blue, white mill, blue, white prison deck that played millstones and, uh, Bertrand Lestrade who played, uh, what was it? Uh, Ernum Geddon. Yeah. Um, another, uh, the deck that I remember the necro deck of note being the black red one that splashed the bolts. For bolts and maybe stone rain. Uh, yeah, I mean maybe the initial maybe deck artifact played, kill as well. The initial deck, yeah. Well, you you didn't play that, so that was later on. It played uh, uh, pillage because people were insane with their mana bases. Um, but uh, for a while there was one that played ice quake, stone rain, and four strip mine. So you could really go after your opponent's resources. Yeah, kids these days they don't get it. Yeah, man. Well, I guess that's it for us. Yeah. Man, I just want to play some middle school now, though. I'm like, I'm like thinking, like, who, what can I do in middle school? What's legal in middle school or hyperextended or pre-modern that I can build that will feel like that? <laughs> I've got my Kurt Ape deck in old school, which I love. So and I was actually thinking about playing more land destruction in that as well because it brings you back. Yeah, it's funny that um, you know, just to jump over to this one one last time, it's really funny to me that Zorn Orb was restricted because like it's not good in multiples, you know, like all it did was like <laughs> make a game that you were losing last a little bit longer because you're like, well, instead of losing, I guess I'll sack this land, and you're like, oh, I can't cast anything. Well, okay. Um, well, Necro is sacrifice a land, draw two cards. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the the big card. The other weird thing from that uh whole whole thing was that um you had to play five cards from each legal set so people had to find ways to jam five cards from homelands and five cards from uh from fallen empires into their decks with ice age and fourth edition being the other other uh and chronicles being the other sets and alliances no this is yeah alliances this is before that yep was it okay i remember the five card rule because the thing is, like the best thing to do with the with those slots was to play mono black because you have to play the pump knights and him to Torok, and mm -hmm. then you could play an Isan Shade. Yep, that was your fifth card. Or you would play like a well, Isan uh, Shade's a homelands card, and then yeah. you get serrated arrows. And and almost everyone put like one apocalypse chime in their sideboard. Yeah, because they were like, well, maybe maybe someone's playing a well, homelands deck. No, because apocalypse chime hit Autumn Willow. Yeah. And it hit Isan's shade in your white deck. Yeah, See, yeah. people forget people forget until I until I natural order it out that Autumn Willow was actually sick. Like this was like the first card with hexproof, and you could like do stuff to it if you really wanted to. Yeah. Um so I'm like against like in, even in, in the various pre modern formats, I'll put an Autumn Willow in my deck against like a Swords to Plowshares deck. What are they gonna do? You know? <laughs> I'm not gonna swords it. Yeah, they're not uh, a lot is get the it answer. With, I can get it. I can get it off a of natural order. So, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I, the five. It would be so interesting to see how things would be different now, or how deck constructs would have been changed if they didn't have that five card rule. Because yeah. you were so oh, incentivized man. to play those cards. The other, like, do you remember the big cards were from? We're, we're now way past what I said we were done, but this is fun. <laughs> the 
Um, the big cards from Homelands, like Spectral Bears. Like if you play yep. like an aggro deck, it's a well, two mana three. Specifically thing. because, uh, uh, well, go ahead and t- tell us what the card does. Spectral Bears is one in a one in a green for three three, and it doesn't untap unless your opponent controls black cards. Untap I mean, every it, other it, turn. It, it, if you're, unless your yeah. opponent controls black cards, so you would yeah. you would play like main deck because there are so many people playing Necropotence. Yeah, and it was like the best. It was the best rate you could get too. Yeah. So you'd play that in your deck. <laughs> yeah, and like yeah, Necro's always out there. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think of what other Fallen Empires cards got played. I feel like it was only those. Uh, but well, if you weren't playing Aliopile. Was, was played was because it was a great way to get rid of uh, Pump Knights or Black Knight or White Knight, and and if you were playing the uh, white or black uh, a white or black deck, uh, Order of Letbur, of course. Yeah, so the, the white Pump Knights, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, I think red cards. We never saw like Goblin decks with Goblin Grenade or anything. Um, there was like they'd play like one Goblin Grenade, if anything. Uh, yeah, the other... Once the slide deck was developed, but that might have been after the fight. That was well rule. after, yeah, yeah. That, that was... Uh, that deck did okay that time around, but, like, the concept of, like, a mana curve wasn't really a thing at that point. Just, like, play with your best cards. Um, yeah. The, the really... The, like, standout, like, weird cards that were in, uh, that were in Lakanto's deck was, like, Sacred Ground. So he could, Sacred like, Ground. save his land. Sacred Ground, uh, is a two-mana enchantment. Or, uh, sorry, uh, is it Holy Ground? Uh, now I'm, hallowed, now I'm hallowed yeah, it's ground. like whole, Hallowed Ground or something. Hallowed Ground. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a card where you could bounce your uh, a land to your hand. Um, Isn't it non-snow covered land? Non-snow land. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Here's the uh, official reading of this card. Is as soon as the thing pops up here. Okay, Re- it's two mana, two white mana. Return target. Non snow land you control to its owner's hand. So the the big thing was uh, this deck already played blinking spirit to like block and then bring the spirit back to your hand. But you could also yep. do this with your uh, Mishra's factories by blocking with your Mishra's factory and then paying two mana and returning the factory back to your hand. Very <laughs> yeah, and, very intense. Remember, strip mine's legal card, everybody. So yeah. and yeah, you could pay two mana to negate your opponent's uh, strip mine. Um, nice that there's like a there's like apparently uh apparently uh Jesus went to Kieldor because or Kield because there's a cross on the... yeah yeah he was you know he was all over the place man yeah he was he was he was, he was there um cool all right we should really go yeah okay but really, it was good to, it was good to chat it feels feels pretty feels pretty good to talk about magic for a while and uh, for anyone else um you know I'll try and and. Be, uh, you know, give you guys some updates on how things are going, and um, eventually, you know, we're going to try and sort of parlay this into some positive energy as well. We're looking at, uh, we've got, you know, on Amy's side, she's gotten such an outpouring of uh, of love and, and help from um, the customers of her company, and we're just really overwhelmed and uh, are looking for some like good charities to work with and stuff. Yeah. To to and we'll we'll probably do some stuff uh, via Eternal Dirtles or through magic as well to uh to support those those same charities so we'll be on the lookout for that yeah cool well um you know i want to thank all of our patron uh, patreons as well patron supporters uh uh, you send out those shirts yet uh i do need to send out some shirts actually do it before Uh, you leave or email me (laughs) yeah um i we we have 
we have four people that uh, either up their pledge or uh, added added uh, to their uh, pledges that, this month. So that's pretty cool. Um, yep. So uh, again, thank you, Travis, Axel, uh, Sean, and Christopher. That's awesome. Uh, and Christopher asked me something on uh, uh, through Patreon, so I'm gonna remind myself here on the cast to ask you after we're off the cast so that we can figure it out. Um, okay. Good. So. That's it for us this week, everybody. Thanks so much, and uh, we'll see you next week. Stop, stop, animal stuff. Can you see animal stuff? That's how we go. Keep it up with the Joneses. Stop, stop, animal stuff. Can you see animal stuff? That's how we go. Keep it up with the Joneses. 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 All right. Where does he get those wonderful toys?